the next thing I know is I've jumped off this freeway and we're on the basically the uh, set of Jurassic Park. It's a. <laughs> uh... Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. Today on the podcast, I welcome my brother-in-law, Zach Fleming. Uh, Zach is a great dude, and I'm not just obligated to say that because we're related, but he is one of my go-to hunting partners. We hunt together at least a couple times a year, and uh, and he's a contributor to the whole late-to-the-game outdoors thing. Even though he himself is not late to the game, he's been uh, doing this his whole life, and I learn a lot from him every time we're out. All that to say, Zach is on today because he has one of the most insane hunting stories I've ever heard of. He uh, texted me a bunch of pics and called me uh, immediately after this story happened, and the first thought of my mind was I have got to get him on a call and record this podcast because this story is just nuts. So, with that huge setup in place, let's hear from Zach. Hey, what's up, Zach? How's it going? Excellent, brother. How are you? Oh, just uh, living the dream of uh, coronavirus. It's terrific. Yes. Uh, I mean, introverts, I... In- introverts are celebrating uh, yeah. in the isolation of the world right now, uh, myself included. Yeah, so. I've, uh, I usually try to avoid the office and get a lot more work done away from the office. So I've been hyper productive <laughs> the last month. Yes. People are finding out that those uh, hour-long meetings can actually just be emails. Yeah. We're forced to. I think uh, when all this is said and done and we get back to normal, it's going to be a lot more efficient around the workplace. Yes. Mainly because people are just never going to go back to work. They're going to figure <laughs> out, like, I've, I've lived a month without working. I'm just not going back. <laughs> They've tasted how sweet it can be. Yeah. Um, well, hey, you're, uh, you're on for a number of reasons. I mean, uh, we, we hunt together all the time, and I'm sure uh, we'll have plenty of other stories to chat through and share over the course of this podcast, uh, but you have just one of the craziest hunting stories I've ever heard of. Um, I, I do. It's just, uh, when you, you texted me a couple weeks ago and then like followed up with a call and I was flabbergasted. Uh, that's the only word. Like I've <laughs> never heard of anything like this. Uh, so to, to set up with that like huge uh, T up there, you uh, live a very difficult life in that your in-laws live in Hawaii. So I do. You... I'm forced to make travel arrangements to go visit them in Hawaii. Oh uh, man! To go to go see grandma and gram, grandma, uh, grandpa and grandma. I have to go see and take my kids to the island of Oahu. And uh, you know, it's been it's been really difficult. Uh, I've had to force <laughs> myself to make those journeys. Uh, it's not like they live in Branson. Uh, they live. <laughs> sorry to any of our sorry to li- for any of our Branson uh, listeners, but uh, yeah, visiting them in Hawaii has been a really difficult thing. And uh, we were there uh, just before all the craziness of quarantine, like literally while this kind of madness was happening. And uh, basically, the story started off with a with an easy trip to the grocery store. Uh, we were headed back from the grocery store before all the you know 
there was actually toilet paper on the shelves. <laughs> and uh, my brother-in-law had told me about some of his neighbors that were some local Hawaiians that sold uh, wild boar meat, just kind of like had a sign and they would just, they would throw out some uh, local boar on the barbecue and smoke it up and they would sell it uh, to their neighbors and they would have kind of a little family get together. And uh, we're driving home and a house that wasn't normally the one he had seen these barbecues happening at, uh, literally a neon sign that was handwritten that said, wild boar meat for sale, like a garage <laughs> sale was happening. Yes. With an, with an arrow. And it was down this little street, this neighborhood uh, in the city of Kailua and uh, town of Kailua, not a city. But we, uh, we, 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 we rolled in there. We bought uh, a couple of pounds of wild boar meat and started talking to the guy who was having this little shindig. And it was literally like a street party. I mean, there was, a, there was probably 25 people just hanging out, having some beers, drinking and eating some wild boar meat and kids are playing in the street and music's blasting. And I met this guy and uh, started talking to him about, hey, how did you get this wild boar meat that you're selling? Because <laughs> he, had, he had literally uh, probably 40 or 50 bags, like gallon Ziploc bags of it. And I'm going, how wow. in the world did you get all this? And the story, and he was smoking, uh, he had a, like a portable metal roof uh, corrugated roofing uh, with wheels on it smoker in his front yard <laughs> and he starts telling me that basically he's got these wild uh, boar that live out in the jungles and he's got dogs and uh, he, he kind of just threw it out there he's like well if you ever want to go uh, let me know and I'll, I'll take you guys out there and it didn't take me as a hunter of like wait a second I'm gonna just get to go kill a wild boar in the jungles of Hawaii I'm like when are you going because I was only going to be there at that time for a couple more days and he said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow at five in the morning. And uh, he goes, if you want to come bring a pair of, you know, bring some pants and a long sleeve t-shirt and whatever snacks and water you want to take. Well, I was on a vacation in Hawaii. So my hunting gear was not, uh, let's just say I had a pair of tennis shoes and I <laughs> borrowed a pair of work pants from my father-in-law as well. as. Thankfully, I brought a junk pair of tennis shoes and I did have, we were going to, maybe do some uh, fishing. So I did have a long sleeve, uh, like Under Armour fishing t-shirt. And so <laughs> that's, that was the uh, extent of my hunting gear. And uh, I showed up, uh, first of all, I made sure that he wasn't like a mass murderer and he wasn't gonna just take me out in the woods. So I did actually see his dogs. He had a beautiful setup, <laughs> and, and, you know, his pins were in the back of his house and these dogs were really well taken care of. He was feeding them uh, actually some of the boar meat that he was selling. Uh, Naturally. <laughs> Yeah, he mixed, he mixed some of that up with some Hawaiian sweet rolls, and uh, that's what his dogs are eating, his wild smoked boar meat and, and Hawaiian sweet rolls. That is, so, if I was writing a cartoon about a Hawaiian pig hunter, I would yes. comically have that be what he's feeding his dogs, and I love that it really exists. Yes, so there is a, there is a person in Hawaii that actually you know, eats or, sell, or feeds his dogs uh, Hawaiian sweet rolls and boar meat. But uh, so yeah, the next day, my uh, my brother-in-law and myself showed up at his house, and uh, he because he was partying, he was uh, five in the morning. There was no lights on at his house, and I thought we had been duped. I thought we had been duped by Hawaiian like playing a horrible trick on us to get up at five in the morning because uh, there was zero lights. His house was completely dark, but I think he had had a little too many beverages the night before, and uh, so we called him and he 
like pops out of his back door of his house and starts getting his dogs ready and it's you know he's wearing his un he literally walked out of his backyard in his underwear and a pair of boots and started <laughs> watering his dogs <laughs> and speaking yeah speaking in his pigeon he's yelling at his dogs um at this point his brother-in-law had showed up and his brother had showed up they were the other guys that were going to show up that were and I'm going to be honest, all I had on me to protect me was a box cutter knife, like a four inch <laughs> knife, blade knife that uh, I had brought with me in my check luggage. And so uh, when the other guys showed up, there was definitely that, like, are these guys going to take me in the middle of the woods? And it's going to be some kind of like game where like, I have to outrun these dogs and somehow <laughs> yes. they're, I'm the wild boar that they're <laughs> yes. going to go ahead and train these dogs on. This uh, is what they thought, do for fun. <laughs> yes. They take, yeah unsuspecting uh, mainlanders and take them into the jungles never to be seen again but uh oddly enough we hopped uh got these dogs ready he got them all collared up he had his gps and uh his uh he, he had these little like very large wide uh neck uh covers for them when the when they would attack the the pigs so they didn't get cut up too bad and uh got these dogs in his truck and his girlfriend was kind enough to drop us off and I didn't quite understand how the hunt was going to work uh, other than show up to my house at five in the morning and we're going to go kill a pig is <laughs> to the extent of what I, what I knew was going on. So his girlfriend drives us out at five in the morning uh, and we're on H3 highway. And if you can imagine an elevated freeway uh, like most states have, and he's telling his girlfriend as we're driving, it's pouring down rain, it's pitch black. And he just tells her to stop on the side of this freeway. And I'm like, okay, so I hop out of the freeway or hop out of the truck. We're on this main highway that runs through this, the center of Oahu. And we literally jump over a fence uh, and we just, we're like throwing dogs off the freeway. And he's catching, <laughs> he's catching his dogs and it, it's trying, he's trying to get this done pretty quickly. So his, his girlfriend can continue down the freeway. And the next thing I know is I've jumped off this freeway. And we're on the basically the uh, set of Jurassic Park. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's the like vines and overgrown road that was the road they used to build the H3 highway that we're on. And we've got six hunting dogs and we're basically walking down this overgrown Jurassic Park highway <laughs> underneath the H3 highway into the jungles of Hawaii. So that's kind of how the night, or I should say the morning started, uh, was, I didn't quite understand what I was getting myself into. <laughs> hey guys, this is Eric from Late to the Game Outdoors and producer of Hunting Stories. I wanted to thank Bun and Beanster for making this show possible. These guys are the real deal. Whether you're a seasoned business owner or a startup or running a side hustle like I am, they can help you with your branding, logo, easy to manage websites, and fresh creative ideas for your business. They can also help you look the part by helping you design those tricky one-off events. They deliver amazing printed goods, quality apparel, even signage. Truly a one-stop creative shop. And they stand by their work guaranteed. For free consultations and useful resources, go to bunandbeanster.com to check them out or catch them on Instagram at bunandbeanster. Now back to the show. At this point, we walked about a half mile up back up to uh where the where this h3 highway actually goes into the island or in the mountains and it's a a tunnel and from that point it was off-roading and that was my first time i stepped into a puddle i'm like oh i guess my feet are gonna be wet 
<laughs> not knowing that the next probably couple hours was going to be crisscrossing five or six rivers, was going to be basically holding on to vines for my dear life and uh, following these hunting dogs into the mountains of Hawaii. And so that was that was the beginning of our crazy hunt. And at that point, it was just if you've ever been hunting with dogs, if you're you're kind of following them, except you're way far behind them. And so he's watching his <laughs> GPS. The sun comes up. It's pouring down rain. I'm soaking wet. And uh, it was probably a couple hours of just slipping through the mud of crisscrossing jungle rivers and crossing waterfalls and not knowing what I was going to get in myself into. And about an hour and a half into this hunt, we finally, uh, he sees the dogs on his GPS kind of take off on a line and says, all right, it's about, this is going to happen. They're on a pig. And we start crawling up this 60, 70 degree grade, what it felt like. I'm sure it was less than that, but uh, river running through my legs, holding on to vines and rope or, uh, and, and tree limbs and roots and trying to make myself uh, at least, well, especially because I forgot they're actually wearing football cleats and I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing a pair of like junk ASICs that I brought in case I was going to go for a, you know, a sandy beach walk but I didn't <laughs> trash any of my nicer shoes. So I'm slipping, I'm uh, falling, I'm covered in mud. And I, uh, I, I try to make my way up into this jungle the, that we're in. It's like basically like a canyon uh, with a river running between my legs, a little creek. And I hear that blood curling squeal of, uh, of a pig being eaten alive. Uh, <laughs> yes, that which, sound that we all know so well. That sound that you all know, you, you've all heard it in your nightmare uh, of this pig being eaten alive, basically. And I make my way up to the top of this ravine, and uh, I'm witnessing these beautiful puppies that I have been petting and were so nice uh, the whole rest of the morning basically tearing this pig from limb to limb and, and and pinning it to the ground and this this hawaiian man looks at me and he says well do you want to kill this pig and he hands me a, like a 16 inch buoy knife that he has strapped <laughs> to his thigh on his thigh rig and hands me this knife and basically says all right just just poke it right in the in, in the heart and i'm thinking like as a hunter i <laughs> poke it right in the heart <laughs> Like, I've never been in a situation where, you know, I've shot pigs, I, I've hunted with my bow, I've hunted with my guns, I've done all that, but I've never stabbed an animal, like, <laughs> to death, <laughs> to death, I've never, that's never been a part of my normal uh, hunting repertoire, and I'm being asked to basically put this pig out of its misery, uh, as, and he's pulling the dogs off of it, and so, uh, yeah, shortly later, the pig was dead, and uh, we're pulling the dogs and tying them off so they don't tear it you know, limb from limb at this point, they're, they're these ravaging dogs, which were so cute and so nice. And now they're just these massive killers. Um, <laughs> yes, they, so he is, somehow he has trained them that like something about a pig just flips a switch and they yeah, go nuts. I, I don't understand it. I, 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 I've been around like lion dogs before and I, I kind of see that a little bit in the same sense with these ones where these were these beautiful, cute little puppies. They're not even big dogs. Uh, but six of them would have taken a grown man down, a grown man down with no problem based on what Gosh. I saw them doing to this pig. And uh, so, yeah, by this point, 
uh, all the, the party that we were with, all the guys had made their way up to this pig. And he, uh, he takes another, uh, like skinning knife out and starts skinning this thing off and throwing the scraps to the dogs for their prize. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just thankful that I'm not the prize. I'm not the animal <laughs> yes. being skinned at this point. And, uh, he pulls out a pillowcase and he basically debones this pig in about 20 minutes and throws a meat into a pillowcase and says, well, I'll be smoking and having another meat party, smoke making, smoke, uh, smoking party here in a little bit. Uh, Cause that's how he basically has these. That's what I saw when I went up to his house and saw this bags of boar meat being smoked is this is what he does on the weekends is basically goes and kills pigs in the jungle <laughs> mountains of Hawaii. Uh, -huh. So this is like so many uh, thoughts and questions, but um, so this is, I think you told me like, because this is like an invasive species, like there's not like tags get like all the usual stuff. Like he's, he, no, this is like going out. Yeah. This is like going out, going coyote hunting. And this is like any other people that know about invasive pigs and you're uh, in certain mid parts of the Midwest and Texas where these things are, you know, ramp, rampaging and going through the, the wildlife that's native to Hawaii and, and damaging it. So uh, the people there, it's really just more get rid of them. Uh, yeah. A lot of the islands are a lot worse. Uh, these, uh, these pigs are pretty limited to the island's uh, central part of Oahu, where there's a mountain range that kind of runs through the center part of the, the island. And uh, yeah, this guy goes out with his dad and his brothers and uh, takes his dogs out on a pretty uh, weekly basis and tries <laughs> to get as many pigs off the country land as the or countryside as he can. Man, and so he's he's allowed to sell the meat. Like it's it's sort of like uh, this. that part. That part I'm not sure is like, I'm, I'm sure the FDA is not like listening to this podcast. I won't give the guy's name or address out. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't legally. You know, but I, I think it, you know Hawaii is a little bit more laid back than the people there. But uh, yeah, I, I would say it's not FDA approved. They're not getting a. There's no. There was no stamps on the meat being sold out of his his gallon Ziploc bags. Uh, but it would be like any of us having a big party. Uh, and telling our neighbors they can come over and have some, you know, smoked beer or smoked elk or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the selling of his meat is probably not FDA approved. I'm sure. <laughs> That's fair. I, I don't want to get the guy in trouble. <laughs> um, so you, I'm just so uh, amazed at how all of this unfolded that like, just from the start of, I feel like I, in your situation, I would have like stopped like, Oh, what do you need? thing like okay we'll we'll buy some meat and he's like uh yeah yeah we're going out you should you should come along tomorrow i would have been like yeah okay yeah talk to you later and would have just like <laughs> you know i i gotta be honest with you my brother-in-law was the one that was actually like fired up about it at first like he kind of started the the conversation and he knew i was a hunter and so he kind of got me involved with the questioning and asking this guy about like what he does and how it works so if it wasn't for my brother-in-law i'll give him a shout out he he definitely kind of pushed us uh, to actually get this hunt started and I, I I'm gonna be as much as I like to say I'm a trust trusting person there was a there was a section of time where I'm like these guys are gonna take us out and they're gonna like they're gonna take these dogs and they're gonna basically kill us in the jungle. like there <laughs> yeah. was that was in the back of my mind for a solid <laughs> probably 45 minutes before I'm like no nah, these guys are cool like I can trust them <laughs> um because if you've ever like hunted with somebody that's kind of new or you don't know, there's always that like, like, 
do they really know what they're doing? Like, you, are, are they, you know, are they just going to like fire off around in the middle of this hike? And, um, so yeah, me and my four inch, you know, blade that I brought in my check-in baggage was not going to protect me from six dogs and three random uh, grown men in the middle of the Hawaiian jungles. No. But uh, yeah, it definitely was in the back of my mind for an extended period of time. And then I was like, oh no, these guys are cool. I can trust them. Uh, yeah. You've got like, you've got scenes from deliverance playing in the back. Yeah, of your it mind. was, it was a Hawaiian deliverance was definitely being played. <laughs> it's ukulele music that you suddenly hear exactly. instead of a banjo. Exactly. Exactly. Going on <laughs> in the back of my head for sure. Dude. And then at the end of it all, you, you stabbed this pig in the heart with a giant knife. Yeah. You know, that was, I didn't know that going into this. Like I didn't know what to expect as far as like how the, the kill was going to happen. I noticed like they didn't have any guns. They didn't have any bows. I just, had a giant Bowie knife on his hip rig. I, I knew that was like his only means of killing, but I didn't know like, are the dogs going to do it? Are they just, we're just going to show up and this pig is, you know, been choked out and mangled to death. I had no idea <laughs> going into this. Um, and he kind of just gave me that look like, Hey, do you want to, you want to finish this pig off? And kind of <laughs> this, you know, twinkle in his eye and handed me this, <laughs> this knife that I'm sure has been run through hundreds of pigs. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. It didn't take much. Uh, I will say the pig did not suffer long, and uh, I felt okay as a hunter, uh, you know, taking the pig out. But it was, uh, it was definitely something unique, something I've never or will. I, I tell people it was one of those things that was ne never on my bucket list, but it was added. <laughs> it was added and checked off in, in one one day. Yeah, uh, to go jungle pig hunting in Hawaii with dogs and kill one with a Bowie knife. It, I added it and checked it really quickly. So man that yeah who who would even think to have that on your bucket list like if i if i think of hawaii hunting like my only frame of reference is guys like remy warren who are i think on like the main island with a bow hunting these axis deer like it's much more yeah. it's much no, more this is, like what we experience here yeah. just in a different climate just a different climate this was straight up like it, i i truly felt like i was a part of of jurassic park where there was and, and the craziest part is you can in the background you can hear the freeway i mean you're you're only maybe a mile or so or two miles into the jungle uh from the main h3 highway so that was another weird part of like i'm in the middle of nowhere but i'm on an island that you can drive around in less than two hours you know um so yeah it was it was a trip for sure and something that i've like I said, never thought I would do and uh, probably never will. I might go back there and have to force myself to go back and see my in-laws once, uh, <laughs> once, once the craziness happens and uh, hopefully my father-in-law is still working there and I can go see him and I might have to go uh, to another random house party, uh, neighborhood yes. party and get some smoked boar meat and see what ends up happening at the end of that day. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, for any hunters listening who have now had this added to their bucket list. Uh, the key is to just find a hand-painted sign selling yes. boar meat, strike up a you're conversation, <laughs> and go hunting the next morning. Yeah, you're going to want to just look for a neon sign like you would a garage sale. <laughs> um, that's basically what you're, that's what you're looking for. So, that is, that's the entire, like, tag process. You don't need to do any yep. research. You don't, no, uh, no research. Uh, you might want to be better than me and actually bring some level of hunting gear. Uh, I will tell you. <laughs> It won't matter. You will be soaking wet. That is the wettest, the hardest 
that that was kind of also the insane part about this hunt. It was the hardest hunt as far as like the physical demands of crawling through the jungles. I've hunted in the western part of Oregon and Washington, going you know Roosevelt elk hunting where you're just in the in the rainforest of the Cascades. I've hunted in the in the eastern part of Oregon and Washington where it's much more high desert and big canyons and rivers. I've hunted in Arizona. I've hunted even in uh, in in Louisiana. I've done some hunting, and this by far is the craziest hardest physically demanding hunt that you're just there's no trail there's no nothing you're just going through jurassic park i was waiting for a velociraptor to just poke its head out <laughs> at any moment and i was thankful because i kept asking like hey are there snakes are there like animals i should be afraid of like you know giant spiders because i kept thinking that in my head he's like no we don't have snakes here we don't have you know venomous spiders are going to kill you uh and so there was very little I had to be afraid of other than the fact that I didn't know if I was going to make it out alive in the first place. Yes, other than those three guys and the dogs. There's nothing to be yeah. afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to be afraid of at all. Oh, wow. Uh, dude, there is a, that is just an insane story that I can't believe exists. And I'm so glad it exists in the world. And, uh, and thank you for getting, uh, you know, you're, you're part of this whole late to the game thing. And uh, you have now put us on the map outside of Arizona. Like we yes. have, uh, there's no ventilation uh, kill out of Arizona. Yes, our first uh, off the mainland hunt. Uh, might be the only one. I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> we might never make it back out there with, out that way. But uh, no, it was, it was, like I said, it was an absolute blast. Um, and that was, if you know anything about Hawaiian, uh, just the people there are super nice and super laid back. And he was thanking me for, at the end of this, we got all the way home. Uh, my father, he couldn't get any of his friends because I think they had party too hard too to come pick us up. So my father-in-law ended up picking us up <laughs> off the side of the highway. Yeah, uh, and as we're driving back in, with his dogs, you know, tied off in the back of my father-in-law's truck, he's like thanking me for coming with him. And I wanted to give him money. I was asking him like, hey man, can I get like, I, I'm sure if I paid a, an out, you know, a, 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 an outfitter to take us, it would have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you know, to go. <laughs> And do this and yet he's telling me he's like no man thank you so much i really appreciate it and it was just <laughs> it was super fun to like meet a really down-to-earth guy that wanted to just show another hunter a good time and uh show him what hawaiian pig hunting is all about dude that is a there's a lot of uh i, I like to believe a majority of hunters are just good dudes who are happy to help and uh and just happy to share the experience um at least that's who i tend to run into out in the, yeah. out in the wilderness uh, I told him the invite's open. If he ever wants to come to Arizona, I can show him a slightly different type of uh, pig hunting. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That is uh, – our pigs are – well, they're easier to see, and there's less jungles, uh, but they're just – Much less jungles. They also smell way worse than these pigs. These were <laughs> nice-smelling pigs. Our pigs smell like hot garbage. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it was a unique, it was a unique uh, taste – <laughs> and a unique smell when they when he got these pigs. <laughs> yes, they just well they're getting constantly showered, I imagine. So they <laughs> well, and they eat mangoes and papaya, so a different oh. diet than uh, the Arizona <laughs> javelina for sure. Oh man, that makes javelina sound all the less appealing at this point. Uh, dude, well, uh, I'm gonna I gotta let you go, but uh, thank you so much for for sharing that story and, uh, and taking the time to share it with our listeners. And uh, 
we'll, we got to loop back and just, I know you've had some way before we really knew each other when you were living in Oregon. Uh, you've got some stories from there that we should tell and, uh, and future hunts that we're going to go on together that we should uh, sit down and unpack. Absolutely. Dude. Awesome. Have a great, uh, it's Easter weekend. So have a great Easter with your family. We would, we would normally see you, but it looks like we will not this year because the world is exploding. Yep. Yep. I, uh, we'll, we'll catch you when the, when the diseases are all away and we're all clean again. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks buddy. Thanks so much for tuning in to hunting stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.